This episode of the Freedom in Africa podcast is to explore libertarian ideas on drug use and laws. The aim of the conversation is for society and the state to respect in every form the rights of drug users and in fact abusers. We do not intend to promote the use of hard drugs or abuse of any drugs. Also, to the listener, would like to apologize for the poor audio quality and the background noise in this episode. Please bear with us and we hope you enjoy the conversation. History is replete with stories about the oppression of humans directed towards others of their kind. The heroic struggle to overcome oppression and to create a better world for everyone. The struggle for freedom in Africa has continued from generation to generation. Previous generations have battled against slave trade, apartheid and colonial rule. But the struggle for freedom in Africa is far from over. Today's generation has the duty to make Africa a better and freer continent for the next generation. To do so, they have to battle against bad leadership but also against mass ignorance about traditional Africa and how modern societies work. The Freedom in Africa podcast is a discourse about the ideas of liberty and the tenets of a free society. Everyone deserves to live in a society where each individual is free to choose how to thrive as long as they do not harm or oppress other people. Such a free society is necessary for sustainable and holistic development. Join the Freedom in Africa podcast weekly for insightful conversations about freedom on the African continent and among black communities around the world. Together, let's learn to be free. Wanna be free? The use and abuse of hard drugs is a global situation that has continued to fester despite many attempts by authorities to stop the abuse of drugs in society. From Asia to Latin America, the United States and in Europe, there is clearly a demand for hard drugs by different classes of people. Decades ago, many African countries became production sites and trade routes for drug transportation. The National Drug Law Enforcement Agency, established in 1989, is at the forefront of the war on drugs in Nigeria. However, in some countries, we're beginning to see a different approach in drug policy that includes legalizing the use of drugs for personal and medical use. Our conversation for this episode of the Freedom in Africa podcast is on the concept of sensible drug policy. Buiga Deoya is my name and I welcome you to this episode of the podcast to unwrap the complexities and details of the goings-on in the drug policy parlance. I'm joined by Morum Fulua Deniyi, who is a human rights and liberty enthusiast and a global fellow for West Africa at Students for Sensible Drug Policy. We're going to explain all of that in a little while. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Let's get to know you personally before we get into the conversation in full. Uh, tell us about you and how you built interest in libertarianism and the concept of drug policy. Yeah, good to be here. And um, my name is Manfuladini once again. I'm the Africa Global Fellow at um, Students for Sensible Drug Policy, which is a worldwide movement for young people who are dedicated to ending the drug war. And um, I so determined to see and reduce the complexities around the issues of, of drugs in the African continent and the global movement entirely. So um, as a young graduate then in the Federal Industry of Agriculture, I was um, forced to become a libertarian, and that was due to the oppression faced by young people across institutions of the country. And at the same time, I was faced to see 
uh, people who are drug users face a lot of um, criminalization and stigmatization in society. And I was um, so worried that there should be a way around these things. And that is one of the things that brought me to the liberty movement. And uh, when I joined the liberty movement 10 years ago, I was um, so focused on seeing the aspects of liberty which I would like to venture in. And that brought me into my drug policy. Tell us a little bit about you when you were in school, uh, the Federal University of Agriculture, Abiyokuta. How was that experience? How long were you? I mean, you were there for five years. What was school life? Were you a libertarian the entire time? Yes, I was. I was a libertarian all, all my time in, in school, though I joined in my second year um, through a friend of mine who happens to be um, a senior director at Sense for Liberty now in the U.S., who is my Wakedero. And um, we co-founded the African Liberty State Organization back then in school. And that was the first pro-liberty chapter in Africa. And um, from there, we started um, disseminating the ideas of liberty to other parts of Africa, Ghana, Kenya, and the likes. So for me, it was um, a very long and tedious journey because the ideas of liberty was new and it was not so receptive in our society. So I remembered having to convince people to believe in what we preach. And um, the interesting thing, we have a lot of people who are libertarians, but they don't even know where they stand. And that was the problem we faced in, um, in, in Africa. And um, we had events which was always cancelled by the school management based on the ideas we were promoting. Mm. To them, it sounds archaic. To them, it, it sounds like we are trying to instigate violence among young people mm. in the society. And um, it was really worrisome. So I feel I feel we should um, try to um, educate ourselves more and it, it got us this far. But it has not been easy, but we, we are here, we have, and we are glad we've done a lot. Not just for ourselves, but for peers in the African um, continent. You know? So for you to have chosen this field, this area, why did you choose uh, um, you know, the drug policy aspect of things? Of course, there are many other aspects, but this is like the one that's particular to you. Um, did you have experiences with drugs, maybe personally? Or you, you mentioned that you didn't like how people were discriminated against because they were using drugs and of course a few other things. But tell us why exactly you chose this you know, issue to tackle in your in your work as a libertarian. Yeah, I remember um, back in in tertiary institutions and um, fellow students were apprehended for using drugs and they were expelled from school and there was no way they could have um, um, appealed their suspension or their expulsion from school. Likewise, I've seen a lot of young people who were expelled from various universities for drug use and um, you know. It's not just it's not just about being expelling them. It's about their careers and their lives being jeopardized. And I felt um, there should be something we could do about um, this abnormality because to me, I feel uh, people should not be penalized for what they do. It's a matter of choice. And when they are going to the area of dependency, there should be a solution. So there should always be a solution to every problem. It should not always be about um, condemning people or making them feel like they are neglected or they are not wanted by society. So it was. It was really a hard call for me because I also grew up in an environment where there are a lot of drug users there. And um, I see how people's lives are being um, jeopardized daily, not because they use drugs, but because um, what society has named them to be. And society tends to um, make people who use drugs feel neglected and make them feel like they are, they are bad. You know? So I felt there should be something we could do to help people and make people redeem their lives. 
because I've related with a lot of dog users in the past, and I've seen that people a lot of content, they have a lot of things to offer to society. That they are not actually, they are not mad people, they are not mentally real people, they are just the circumstances of their society. So, you know, having to talk to the school counselors, having to talk to peers, having to talk to people that see that these people are drug users, they are not, they don't have a problem. They just need you to support them, they need you to be around with them, they need you to tell them, let them know what they are really doing. It's not just about saying drugs is bad, don't do it, don't do this, don't do this. It's about you making them understand the nitty gritty around drug use, letting them know the harm in what they are doing, letting them know that there's a limit to everything. So that there's a stage in life that you need to do this, there's a stage in life that you need to do this and that. And we shouldn't forget that the law enforcement agents have not really helped matters too. Likewise, our school society and the community and society itself. It was really difficult for me and my peers to really have people join us, to really um, promote such ideas of people supporting and not punishing people with drugs. It was a hell of a journey. But today, I am glad that we now have listening ears. We have a lot of young people, a lot of organizations, a lot of individuals who are determined, who are also ready to push for having sensible policies. Mm-hmm. And when I talk about sensible policies, there are policies that would help people get themselves back, get their life, and be better than they have. Yeah, we'll, we'll explore that topic more. The concept of sensible drug policy it sounds fascinating. It sounds reasonable. A lot of the things that we see when we see uh, people who have abused drugs, uh, even though I'd, I'd like us to define what drug abuse uh, or these drugs are, I just want you to touch on society. How did we get here, or where did this start from? When society started to desert people who abused or used drugs at all, maybe we can justify the reason why society does that. Because when people smoke too much, it becomes excessive, and they become they have a health problem from that. So they become they are no longer themselves. They some of them become wife beaters. Uh, they become nuisances. So maybe that's why society despises them how did we get here in your research or what what have you found out yeah i would like to make some certain corrections <clears throat> and that is that drug users are not they are not um instances they are not um, a problem society they are not hoodlums or criminals or, or the likes the society itself has named people who use drugs to be that because of the perception people have about drug users see first the family unit as a whole, has a clear interest in preventing individual family members from falling prey to drug abuse. And um, this could become a powerful ally to governments and community prevention programs. So it's, it's just about we recognizing that uh, the overarching purpose of drug control is first and foremost to ensure the health, well-being and security of individuals while respecting their human rights at all times. See, it's, it's, it's logical that people take alcohol which is also a branch of drugs. Prohibition of drugs has really been the problem because, you know, when you say something is bad, that it has to be banned, people will use drugs have to be punished, they have to be criminalized. It's a problem itself because it makes that thing, that certain substance become um, a thing of abuse in society. And it is what is making people use drugs feel castigated. For example, someone that uses a kg, a, less than a kg of uh, cannabis, is not a problem but the problem itself is someone who is dealing with a thousand tons of cannabis but society celebrates those individuals because they see them as 
businessmen, they see them as um, rich people, they see them as influential people, forgetting that they are the ones selling these things to people in society. And the, the law enforcement agencies would prefer to arrest the users. There are various aspects of drug use, and I'm glad you mentioned it. We have medical use and we have recreational use. A lot of people are recreational users, but most become dependent because um, an overdose crisis happen because the little time they have an avenue to use these substances, they tend to use to a limit. Yeah, a limit that they know that they might not get it in the next one or two hours or, or two or three days because the society has made it seem bad. And another issue is most of the drugs we have in circulation are chemically synthesized. They are not real. And that is because the drug baron derive a lot of profit and gain in this. Now, let's just define drugs. You just mentioned that alcohol is a type of drug. So there is alcohol, there is the regular medical drug, there is abuse yeah. of you know medical drugs, there is uh, heroin, cocaine, uh, cannabis. If you can help us define what is drug, what is hard drug, what is medicinal drug, when does it become excessive? You know, just give us a brief definition. Yeah, the interesting thing is uh, we tend not to always uh, relate when people talk about um, hard drugs, but there's nothing like hard drugs. It's just uh, a concept the society has, um, has brought it to be. Drugs is drugs, and drugs is anything that has um, the power the ability to change the state of any of our health is a drug you get. So that is um, the definition of drugs I always like to tell people. It won't make it look like a uh, uh, drug is one big thing that we need to do away with. So drugs is anything that changes the state of your health. So that is why uh, I love to define it. As simple as that. Okay then. So we were talking about society criminalizing the use of drugs. Maybe they did that because they have seen that when people use these things, they behave a different way. When people want to uh, behave differently, they know where to go. And then it becomes addictive and then they abuse. So if we want to allow or, you know, accommodate the use of drugs, where do you draw the line? How do you keep it from people who definitely abuse it? I mean, some people don't even use marijuana, but the regular medical drug, tramadol, or codeine when people know that when i use this thing it helps me to maybe as an antidepressant or it helps me to be on a different climate in terms of how i feel i want to feel better and there's clearly something called overdose how do we regularize how do we manage who wants drug for pleasure who wants drug for you know medicinal use and who wants to abuse it first before we talk about those things we need to talk about the policies the policy does not give room for us to differentiate. The policy does not give people who use drugs the ability to, to have a life. So the policy is very strict. And it's strict based on that um, drugs is bad. And people who are using drugs should um, be found wanting and they should be criminalized. So that is the number one thing. The constitution, the law, the NDLA Act does not give room for us to differentiate between a user, a trafficker. So it is really as bad as that. So for us to talk about medical use, Use, the Nigerian law does not support any of that. So that is why it is so difficult to see the, what, the trending world we have now, to see how um, are people going to be able to access help. 
At the point, people need support, they need help, they need guidance. We need to start letting people know about drugs, not K-N-O-W, not N-O. Like when people know about these things, then we can have a broader discussion. But someone that where it gets knowledge about drugs is in the midst, in the, is more like in the ghetto. So whatever is being told is is law to him. And someone that was arrested, was locked up, they found more about drugs when they get imprisoned and they come out adding. The user goes to sell and come out as a trafficker. You know, so it's, it's a system that needs to be carefully monitored. We have to bring in professionals to manage the situations. We need social workers on ground, we need psychiatrists on ground. A lot of people have to work and the now to make sure this thing works fine. For example, I had students who were expelled from school. The only place they find love is the ghetto. What do you want to tell such a person about where he is? That is where he found love, when everyone abandoned he or she. So it's, it's, it's really worrisome. Because we talk about drugs, we need to also differentiate. What kind of drug are we talking about? Why is this person using these certain drugs? What does this kind of drug do to the body? By not getting um, some of these conventional drugs, people go extra to do other risky behaviors that are not even people going to the soccer ways, people start using gum, people start sniffing various harmful substances that you cannot arrest them for. What happens to those things? Then the concept of harm reduction comes in that we need to cut and break the chains of the barriers that are hurting people that are killing our innocent people. Our innocent. If this thing is, is also not uh, properly monitored, the aftermath effect steps and high. Who might not be using these things? Accidents up because people were informed. Someone can just come to any society, ah, there's this thing is good, when it is become high, there's this thing that they taking, they don't know. So knowledge is important. Commission is important. Commission is key. Those are things we should discuss. It's, it's, a, it's a broad discussion, but the society is rigid, so rigid to discuss about this. Now, we have seen that some societies are beginning to reconsider, like you said. It's not just about using the drugs, it's about the reason. Why does this person want to have this every other day? And then we have seen countries, they are beginning to allow you know, some things to, to fly. And then we're looking at you know trade as well. Look at how society is now reconsidering. Why is it that when government decides to use force to solve a problem for decades, they still haven't been able to solve that problem of drug? And then the trade is still ongoing on a regular basis. A country like U.S., for instance, every city I'm sure has a place. Even when it was illegal, every city has a place where drugs are sold. If you say there is a problem with a drug, why do people still try to go and find that drug? The trade is still ongoing, even though government says this is bad. Why do people continue to go there? Yeah, the, the interesting thing um that uh, when there's a um, prohibitionist approach. It's it's black market. When the prohibitionist approach, it allows the rise of criminal gangs. And that's what happens. In the past, alcohol was prohibited. And then they had cases like this also, where there was a those crisis, who become drunk and, and have husbands and die because it was perceived they let go. And law enforcement agencies were stopping down on people, killing people, and a lot of abnormalities happened. People have to sit down to see what is the solution to this problem. 
what should we do to solve the maintenance caused by alcohol? You could get a quantity, then later you could buy as much as you need without anyone um, infringing or stopping you. That was that. And now we're talking about drugs here. If you like it or not, we all are humans and we have various wants. What you like, I might not like. What I like, I might not. When we talk about sugar, we don't take sugar. Does not mean maybe is bad. Some people find solace in drugs. Some people find pleasure in drugs. Why shouldn't they have a life? They are infringing on people's life by restricting what they can get as individuals. Fine, it could be regulated to a certain stage, but to a reasonable extent. Drug barons, drug cartels, they have the money to do it, and people want these things. They will get it to them, and people are ready to pay any length to get what they want. That is the number one problem. And the number two problem is when it is not available, people look for alternatives. And most alternatives are risky alternatives. We need to talk about this. How do we solve the problem around drugs caused by drug policies? Like Kofi Annan said, that drugs have killed people for wrong government policies have killed many more people. That was Kofiana, the former UN Secretary General. So we need to reach a level of dialogue. Like you said earlier, there are issues in Europe, South America, and Africa. There is similarity, and the similarity is this transatlantic route. We have routes where drugs are being pushed around the globe, from Brazil down to Africa, Africa to the East. People have the money to move these things around they would definitely move around. And where they come around, they look for local production, which might be very, very deadly. People will buy it. So it's, it's really a loud and big problem that requires tentative solutions, hmm. smart solutions. And what is the solution? Policy change is really important. You can't handicap people and expect them to shut up they are adults, and they would definitely they have the money to pay for these things. In every five or ten of us, we are sure to get one or two people who use it, and they are not always proud to come out to tell you they use it because they feel you would see them as being a problem to society. Alcohol is in every home now. Imagine if it was prohibited, people would have gone extra miles to get adulterated products out maybe, there. Maybe even fabricate so people for want themselves. Them. Exactly, mm. which have killed a lot and caused a lot of havoc. Yeah, let's let's talk about the law now in Nigeria. Uh, the NDLEA, which is the National Drug Law Enforcement Agency, established in 1989, has this duty to curb the use or abuse of hard drugs. How would you access the founding, the establishment of this agency, and how they have worked over the years? I mean, a lot of what we see is that they burn forest where cannabis is planted they seize drugs at the airports which is their mandate the workings of the ndlea how would you assess you know the history of the implementation of the law and regulation of drug in nigeria ndlea has been doing the best they can they've been doing what they were created to do and that is about clamping down on drug and drug users and drug traffickers we can't the threat of uh, 
narcotic drugs, as MDLG call it, has attracted the attention of the international community for quite some time. And we need to look at the legislation and legal structure that has been put in place by the Nigerian government to check the menace of drug trafficking and abuse. Um, it is imperative to note that a distinction exists between licit and illicit trafficking of drugs and other substances. The National Drug Law Enforcement Agency NDLA has the overriding function um, of coordinating the enforcement of all drug legislation by the uh, virtue of Section 31B of the National Drug Law Enforcement Agency, like 2004. And uh, we specify the substantive legislation dealing with illicit drug trafficking and abuse. It is this drug trafficking and abuse that form the main trust of this discussion. And that is why uh, we need to relate the nature and content of the law. And we also have to look at the penalties for illicit trafficking and abuse, the consequences for users and traffickers varies a lot. Drug trafficking is the distributive harm of illegal importation and exportation of narcotic drugs. We need to look at uh, what constitutes the serious threat to the modern civilization. That is why the policy has to change. The numbers of people who find drug use, either for medical use or recreational use, is increasing. And we need to make our laws centered around choice, wants, and desires. The United Nations Office of Drugs and Crime have uh, been able to do a lot to find a solution to harms caused by drugs and poor policies. But they need urban nations to come together to reach a consensus. We look at the conventions passed. The capacities exports, illegal export, imports of storage of drugs, possession of drugs, transportation of drugs, sales, distribution, and the likes is a broad chain. Without lawful authorization of the authorities, drugs is circulating everywhere. I would like to switch to a certain aspect that has to do with the economical part of drugs, which people don't always want to talk about. These substances rake in billions of dollars in the African economy yearly, monthly, and the government fail to understand what the after is drugs bad, calm down on them. And right now, people are making billions of dollars. They are forming gangs that are now coming to politics and they are, able to, they are ready to control the system to allow the system not approve us looking elsewhere to see how we can work on these policies because they are making it there. So these are discussions that we always want to have. People always turn their fears to them because um, giving licenses to individuals to monitor and sell and um, regulate the sector clamps down the billions going into the coffers of certain individuals. Hmm. People don't want to talk about it, but that is the reality, let, let which me, we all know. So, the global movement called Sensible Drug Policy, is that right? Exactly. Break down in detail what sensible drug policies mean. Tell us about the global movement, how, how it's working, what progress is being made on that front. 
there are a lot of progress globally. Just that we are rigid to change our policies in this part of the world. We are rigid to see how we can better the lives of our teaming population who use drugs. There are a lot of drugs that have fantastic medical reason. They have fantastic contributions to people's health. We need to know that we have to have broad analysis of how we can solve these problems. But people are rigid to see the reality, the importance of sensible drug policies. There's an aspect of because needle syringe program is an aspect of drugs that is really affecting the society that people don't want to talk about. It is even that aspect of, this, of drugs that has increased the number of people who live with HIV and hepatitis B because wrong impression perceived by people who share syringes out of ignorance. No. It is out of the government's rigid um, perception to change our policy system. If we like it or not, someone who is a drug user is a drug user. Someone who is an alcohol is an alcoholic. Everybody finds something to go where they belong. So it's really a discussion that I always want to have, but our society has made it seem that we are anyone who is talking about policy enemy of the society which is a lie all right so still speaking on the global effect of your organization the forum of sensible drug policy the libertarian understanding of what adults decide to put in their body whether alcohol or drugs or whatever it's called should be personal to them that's that's like expressing personal freedom to do what they want and using the force exactly. of the state to imprison or kill people who do these things uh, is tantamount to murder and slavery as perceived by you know the libertarian concept how do you explain this and um for countries yeah. that have been more liberal that are seeing the economic advantage and are accommodating these these laws how do you explain the difference in those places and here clearly uh they have a different approach and they are ready to you know change their mindsets as to what they know in the in previous years and you know or uh, updating knowledge and you know allow more liberal laws yeah thank you so much first when we talk about law it's on um, the country it depends system of each country but i would always want to appreciate countries and individuals who have been flexible and who are concerned about the rights of other people. And I'm, I'm always glad to countries who, who promote individual rights and choices and liberty. That is what the humanity should be about. Humanity should be about giving everybody a fair live and let's live kind of life. That's a fair. Like, as long as you're not infringing on my rights, you have the right to do anything you like, as long as you are not hurting live your life. But a society that is um, rigid about certain policies is a failed one. A failed one because they don't care about the, the choice of another person. And in sincerity, 
we have individuals who are in government who do these things and still pretend like they don't because they have the power to go against the law. We need to set the record straight. The crackdown of um, the Nigerian government or African government on drug users is uh, anti-humanity. So the rate of drug abuse remains um, relatively unchanged. This is because government um, uh, refuse to see drug use as a psychological challenge, but a criminal offense. So instead of putting resources that are meant to better the lives of citizens, they prefer to use the resources to harm the citizens. And this has not affected drug uses to reduce. Rather, it's increasing. Use of drugs is also seen as a criminal offense, which is something that worries me as an individual, something that bothers our student network. I mean, SSDP. I feel, I feel uh, it should be treated as a disease and as a Drug users need care through rehabilitations and community centers, but not chance assessment. In Nigeria, drug users are treated as lunatics and stereotyped by friends. Families and bureaus, legal government laws are not helping the situation. Oh, just to differ on that a little bit, if I had a friend who smoked, but they don't dress badly, so when it becomes abuse, so because yes, indeed, society discriminates, but society doesn't discriminate someone who uses drug but still finds a way to be the regular human being there is a popular bbc documentary that showed how young people very young boys in, in, in northern changed. nigeria were jailed no well they were jailed indeed but they, they had become a nuisance to the streets by their own use of the drug. of course society may have deserted them which is another problem entirely if they if they were exposed to a different kind of education or gang members in the community that might be a problem of their parents or of the society not taking care of them but if they had become they are in the streets they don't have a house and then the state has to keep them somewhere of course it was a terrible condition they should have been taken care of but i'm trying to say that when people use drugs moderately society doesn't discriminate them do they still in the society we find ourselves, either a user or a dependent, you are stigmatized. And um, anyone who uses drugs is perceived to have a level of mental problem in our society. I remember the documentary you're talking about, Sweet Sweet Coding, where people were changed. That's brutalization. It's abuse. What do you, how do you explain someone who drinks alcohol, looks into a video and laughs? Someone who doesn't take, looks into a video and laughs. But because the society has perceived the drug user to have a level of uh, mental retardation, whenever they look at the same video and laugh, they feel like, ah, he has a problem. I think where I'm coming from. So they see someone who uses drugs as having a problem. And the moment you also look at that video and you laugh, they see like, oh, drugs are affecting him. What do they do? They call, not just on professionals, people go to his home, he needs deliverance. Is that the next thing? No. That's no problem. And these people will tell you, I have no problem, I am very fine. 
But because they see him as a drug user, they see him as having a problem. They change this people down because it's not, it's not okay. It needs to be done. And the situation becomes worse. There will be a certain time where there will be a desire to want what he wants to take for recreational use. And he doesn't find them. Is a certain stage that is a problem. And you have changed this person down, is helpless. Changing someone down is even a problem. Punishing somebody for taking something to their body is a problem. So the society has to reach a consensus that drug users are not lunatics. There are people like you and I that need fair hearing. The stage of dependency that leads them having a challenge comes to various ways. I'll tell you a, a little um, scenario. The country where we find ourselves now is so difficult that people find solace in drug use and, uh, and drug alcohol use. People feel the only place they can um, um, rest and um, um, go against current economic irregularities is by taking alcohol and some branch of drugs. If things are working perfectly well, no one will find solace in depending on drugs or go to the street of produce. The fact of not having that knowledge about the doing that cause some of these problems. When someone has received drugs, go to them to a part, talk to the professional. It's not until you lock them up in a room. It's you see most that happened in the notes where people were chained, you were ah, some died out of pension. That also drug. So the society has made drug users suffer. And I'm saying it again that some drug dependents use drugs for some medical conditions. And the war on drugs over time has not been effective. You understand? It requires a change in policy strategy. Decriminalizing drugs for citizens who depend on drugs should be practiced instead of um, punishment and um, brutalization. Really, we fail to come to reach this consensus. It requires all stakeholders. So I quickly want to put this in. There's an interview you granted where you said um, the use of drugs is a fundamental human right. Maybe not fundamental, but is a human right. Um, can you speak to that a little bit? It's very simple, my brother. It's very simple. We all need to know that putting anything in your body is your choice as a citizen, as a human. Eating rice, eating yam, and eating beans is your right. Medically, people tell you when you take sugar to a certain extent, you have diabetes. You understand? Has there been a ban on sugar? I remember growing up, people tell you when you take salt to a certain extent, it increases your high blood pressure. Has sugar or salt been banned? So why is it that because a certain group of individuals uh, choices and rights, they should be denied the choice, they decide, choose. They have been denied of their rights as citizens. I'm sure it's against the law of the Federal Republic of the country and the global um, human rights charter. So it's, it's our right to do what wants to our body as much as we're not hurting the next and are not a body to society. Also, clamping down, criminalizing, vandalizing, brutalizing people's property without due authorization 
by um, looking into the human rights charter is an abuse of power. And most of our laws favor the influential against the poor and weak in the society. If there is a smoker, on a lighter note, if there is a smoker listening right now, what can you tell them? And to add to that, do you find situations where you advise people to stop using drugs or your advocacy does not include stopping people from using drugs? Maybe when it gets to a point when it's, it's threatening their health, maybe they can stop. Is that part of your work? Yeah, I'll tell you, we, we educate, we enlighten people, we talk to people to make choices that um, are good for them. When you tell people to make choices that are good for them, you are also educating them, you are making them know that they should make choices that would um, help them, choices that would help their, 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 their lives and the people around them. That should be where our message should be centered around. Because why tell people to uh, the, uh, uh, the drugs they are taking is bad for them, the drug they are making is going to affect them, their dog is bad. You are, you, you are sort of telling them that they don't know what they are doing. Because, you know, government approach to drug war is not in the positive interest of the citizens. Their goal is to reduce incarceration rates. Their goal is to put the rights of people, address public health concerns related to drug use. So we have to tell people that, see, we are taking social thing, please make informed choices. Government should embrace harm reduction and assist individuals in transitioning back into their communities. See, it goes beyond enforcement, enforcement and enforcement. We want innovations that can help people who are caught in their vicious circle of poverty, social inclusion, drug trade, stigma and neglect, induce back to society as citizens. The media has a long way to play. Have a to play so. The media is really, really important. Be it uh, broadcast media, or social media, or print media, they all have a role to play. In reality, we, like in reality, a lot is happening that we all need to come together to talk about. So I can't say we talk to people that uh, stop doing up. No, but we tell people to make informed choices and give them backup documents to help them make choices. And at the end of the day. It's really going to solve the problem we have. We won't promote laws that are they are not based on justice, reason, and compassion. We won't. We want to promote policies that are punitive to people. We want laws that would deprive people of their fundamental individual liberties and human rights. We want to punish policies that punishes people for being human in the first instance. We want to deal with things that are important intellectually inclined to help people. We, we don't want our people to be ignorant. We to help them with um, with innovations, with um, things that will help. We want to castigate people. It's about education and not conservation. It's about love and not neglect. So when like, we recognize that um, uh, as long as we fail to address drug issues due to poor approach. Our effort on reduction, education, counseling, and the likes is we need to combat illicit illegal drug trafficking. That is what so that is even the main problem. Not drug use. Now there is this notion that if for instance in a country like Nigeria where largely education and literacy is still not 
very well you know is not on a good spread across the country is it not a disaster or is it not dangerous to open up the laws and say now we allow people to to make choices regarding drugs you can use any drug you want is that not going to add to the problem we already have with the young people is that not going to increase crime rates uh, people might not want to focus on self-development anymore they might want they, we might find more gangsters or you know touts in the streets does that not uh, bother you? drug is not the issue of crimes drug users are not criminals they are facing no criminals sincerely the crimes which we have is issue the long economic history in the society, underlining societal effects. We have to understand the political terrains, the outcome of failed government governance, poor leadership, and the one all this outcome and result we have. See, we need to save our generations from ignorance of um, poor information that are submitted there to condemn and undermine drug use. Substance abuse is not our problem in any way. Poor governance, poor leadership, wrong policies are the problems we have. You can't clamp down on my individual right and, and expect me to keep shut. No, it's never possible. You can't tell me not to do what I want to do as a citizen because it is wrong. You can't drain my life and expect me to keep shut. I want to take something, I'm going to find any means to get it. Drug users are non-violent citizens. Anyone you see, anyone you see um, um, destroying properties, involved in crime, involved in robbery, is that person. That is who that person is, not drugs. So it is just that the society has found a way to relate drug use with crimes, which is never the case. Which is never the case. We need to talk about the employment rates as a problem, not drugs. People who are on a street down somewhere, and use drugs as a solace. Those are not the wrong choices. If things are working as it should, no one who wants to sit down somewhere and find solace in drugs, which is to abuse and overdose, is really worrisome. We are far from the reality in this part of the world. We are very, very far from it. A lot of government agencies should um, enact compassionate and laws to aid drug reforms and human rights. That is key. It is just about me wanting to eat yam. And you telling me that the carbohydrate in yam is much, I should not eat yam. Why would you tell me that? I like yam. Let me eat yam. Tamala. I won't eat tamala. I don't like my own. I don't. I won't go there. But what I want, I want. I should not be deprived. I should not be spacing of who I am. And one other thing is the language we use to address food drugs are demeaning. These are things we should all two us together to see we can't call people who are drug users to be outcasts we can't call them criminals and expect them to keep short no they are as as nigerians as africans as citizens of the world like you and her the extortion the brutalization the mother of who use drugs is on the increase and we need to find the solutions and the solution is to involve all the stakeholders to involve the government to install in to reach a consensus how we can help this situation how we can allow people to live their life without being infringed on yeah that would have been a good place to end the conversation but i just want us to be a little more practical 
So moving forward, right. we want more liberal laws. If stakeholders are coming together, you have talked about the media in terms of educating the people on demystifying or correcting the, the wrong information out there. The media is a stakeholder, young people themselves, parents, I believe, government and you know NDLEA and all these agencies. When we come together to sit down and talk, what major points are we correcting in these laws? What are we, in a nutshell, what basic steps should the society follow now to find a solution to what we see as the drug problem and indeed allow people to enjoy you know their human rights yeah i would say drug policies um in africa and anywhere in the world um, should be based on um, should have animal rights approach should have um, an health approach and it should be balanced and um if it is balanced you should recognize that the medical and other affect a lot of people that we could solve a lot of problems by allowing people to use these things so who they have and what they want at every crucial time and we have to balance the rhetorics around these things it requires diplomatic effort it's quite us bringing drug users to the table while in this laws less than them we can't have a law for people who are involved in that industry without having them in, involved. No. So if we want to really help and solve this problem, we need to hear, we hear from people who drug. We need to hear from them. can be one's existence. But it's something that, that does not allow you to come out to talk freely. Who is it to listen to you? What do we say? What do we call them? So we need to eliminate and reduce stigma society move forward yeah i feel drug policy debates as increasing as increasingly embraced um, a lot of approaches globally but i'm hoping and i'm sure that we can integrate this into our system our parliament to also see a reason why uh, we should move and learn from emerging world to allow our citizens to have a better life and a life and enjoy the life we want to Africa Global Fellow at Students for Sensible Drug Policy, Murum Folu Adeniye. Thank you so much for joining us on the Freedom in Africa podcast. Thank you so much for having me. So that's our conversation and, uh, today. Thank you for listening to the podcast. You can find us online on Twitter at FIA underscore podcast. My name is Greg Adeniye. I will see you next time. Thank you.